Hi, welcome to this Grandma's Life podcast. I'm your host, Thesea Ellis. Get ready to laugh, learn, and grow with me as we explore growing old and never-changing world. Today is November 30th of 2023, and it is episode 51. It's go time. All right, we always, as always, I start out with farm happenings. Oh my gosh, guys, I've had so many bird deaths since the last time I had talked to you. And I, I know I put out a couple of uh, uh, videos on the on uh, my YouTube channel about it and stuff, and I posted about it in my in my blog on uh, uh, Grandma's Homestead Farm. But yeah, um, <clears throat> I went out one morning and uh, had discovered that my blind duck was dead. And uh, was going to, and had seen another bird up underneath the the mobile egg unit. Was going to pull it out, and it ended up being an owl. And so I knew who what my my uh, my predator was at night. And then a few days later, I had seen a hawk carrying off one of my uh, little chicks too. So uh, I've have put up netting. I've done up several different things to try to uh, to stem the the. <laughs> the number of deaths and for for a couple of weeks it didn't happen uh, right now I, i've had several days with no deaths and i'm glad, glad for that because i've lost and most of it was ducks most of them was my laying laying ducks and i'm so you know uh I'm like i am getting no duck eggs because i think my ducks are still traumatized and stuff because the owl just sweeps down and he just rips their throat out and then just leaves them don't even eat them, the rest of them um I've also had some pig drama of several different ways. Uh, I had tried to combine my pigs. Daisy has been alone. Uh, she's been nearby, you know, but in her own pen for a long time. And I was kind of hoping that I could kind of put the, the pigs all back together again. And then as, as uh, Wilbur gets old enough, I want him to be my breeding boar for Daisy. And it's not, it didn't work. I, it was such a mess. Uh, uh, Waddles, the mother of the piglets, she was aggressive toward Daisy, biting her, leaving her bloody. And then Daisy was running off and it was just, it was a mess. So we ended up putting Daisy by herself again for a while and uh, let everything settle down again. But then we had some rain coming. And I, so I told my husband, I said, we've got to get Daisy to, because she didn't have a hut. The hut. Both huts were in with the, with the rest of the pigs, and, and Daisy needed some way to get in out of, the, out of the weather. So I had a plan. I was going to set up Daisy's pass, paddock inside of the larger paddock of the other pigs and see if they could at least only one fence between them, and maybe they can be combined at, at that uh, during that time too. But I had told Tom... And this is just the way he is. He's a very slow person physically, not mentally or anything like that. He just he just moves slow. He talks slow. He acts slow. He just does everything. I said, okay, we can't be slow this morning. We have got to move quickly and get Daisy into this other paddock so she can have shelter so we can do this other thing and see what we can get done with it. And it did not go well it did not go well at all and it was sunday morning before church and i was already wound up about a whole bunch of other things along with my bird deaths and now i got daisy running loose like actually that day all the pigs were out all the pigs were wandering along and I, i'm ashamed to say i was so upset i was 
lying on the ground on my face, pounding my fist and just screaming in frustration. So I did not go to church that day. Tom did. And he probably wanted to get away from me. But uh, that evening, we, we were, I managed to get everybody where they needed to be. Daisy is now inside in a paddock, inside the larger paddock with the, uh, so they all can kind of look at it. And every once in a while, that kind of got to be a little bit now. But um, I was having a little bit of trouble with charge on my, my fence because also it was very cloudy days. And so now I'm trying to make pigs that behave with um, fencing, electric net fencing that was not quite up to charge and stuff. But everything's up to charge. Everything's good. Well, that's not true, too, because now Yoda's sick. My if you remember, Yoda is my uh, little pig. I mean, he is little. He's, you know, he was the runt. He's always going to be little. Um, that's I did. I had, he's the only one of the uh, males that I had castrated because, because not only was he the runt, but you could tell by looking at him. So there was some misshapen stuff. His head is shaped different and, and he, his ears are shaped and he kind of looks like Yoda. But he's, he's the sweetest pig, but he's on his own little world. And sometimes you have to go wake him up and, and say, hey, we're eating now. And he'll say, oh, yeah, da, 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 you know. And then other times he's the loudest squealer, got the highest pitched squeal. And I don't know. He just he just brings joy to me. But he's been sick. He's been so sick. And uh, I've, been, I've been doing everything I can for him right now. But uh, I'm, I'm dealing with Yoda. I don't know how it's going to go to uh with, with him but yeah i've had some pig drama lately um basketball season for kenzie has started and uh, i'm enjoying i love sports guys i love football she didn't play football obviously but i love basketball i played basketball when i was in high school i was on a softball team i was on a boys baseball team whenever i was a kid for when i was younger and um so it was it's just watching her and she is a very talented uh player not so much in basketball but she's so fast but she's so little too that that her talent in basketball is is not what it could be but in softball i really think that she can be doing stuff so but basketball season started and so we're like two and three nights a week going off to softball uh, uh, two basketball games we've had two games this week and tomorrow night we'll have the third one and uh, as always, I video them. In fact, I've started a new YouTube new YouTube channel for her called Kinsey Lackey Sports. And I, I could talk a little bit about that later because uh, there's a reason I'm doing it. Not just, I don't know. I'm doing it for a good reason. And um, so uh, we got that going. Winter is back for several mornings. I mean, it was kind of interesting because for two or three, four or five mornings, I get up and it's like in the low 20s, well below freezing and uh, doing chores. But then it gets up to like in the 50s in the daytime. So that's always helpful and stuff too. And so I think this morning was the first morning that it wasn't, everything wasn't frozen, but it's raining now. In fact, um, if it's, if you start hearing noise, like loud rain <laughs> it's possible because a pretty good um, a storm just passed through and uh, so it, and it was kind of loud i kind of waited before i got started and i think i've got a pretty good window but we'll have to see tom got a deer last week we've got that broken out. he got it broken down i didn't do it he broke it down and we've got we usually grind most of the deer but i still got some deer meat so uh, because we're doing so many crock pot meals i asked him to keep uh, make some roast for me this time. I think there is, yeah, there's definitely still some ground. 
Um, the first deer of the season is always really great because we know we're going to use that much. And any deer after that is bonus and we eat it, but, but I don't know. I don't know. It just seems to take the pressure off when you get that first deer. Cause it, uh, we don't eat a lot of beef cause it's expensive, you know, but, and for a long time I couldn't eat it because I was allergic to it. And I've, I've gotten better. So might as well get a deer and process it ourselves and it goes much easier for that. So we, he got that done. It's got a pretty good sized deer and we got some meat. And I, in fact, I just finished making some bone broth and uh, made it in a great big roasting pan, roasted the, um, roasted the bones in the roasting pan and then added the water and all, you know, onions and garlic and all salt and all that stuff. And I ended up with almost three gallons of venison broth and i've got that uh pressure canned and i'm going to get that here put away probably tomorrow's everything's cooling down right now so that's going to be nice especially with soup season we do a lot of soups in the in the winter time and some of them call for beef broth and i will use venison broth instead of beef and and uh, be happy about it okay something else is going on i've got i've got a surgery coming up oh i've had some trouble with my feet i guess they they're calling it an ankle surgery but i say it's my feet but it's a it's an achilles tendon issue um i've had it in both feet but when i went through i went through several weeks of physical therapy my right foot responded pretty good my left foot has not and they did an mri and i've got like two big bone spurs i've got three different tendon tears plus there's a huge knot on the back of my left heel that's from calcification from from the i don't i don't guess i understand it completely i just know it's calcified and it hurts <laughs> and um because i had already gone through the physical therapy and really had done the best i could to make it better we went to see a surgeon and and uh, so i'm going to be coming having surgery here pretty soon and now we're scrambling to get a few things done because i'm going to be out of commission as far as doing stuff around the house and the farm for at least six weeks. I, I can't put weight on my foot at all for four weeks. And then I'll be put into a boot after that. And so, yeah, I'm going to be out of commission, but I don't know. I'm looking forward to feeling better. It hurts. It's I'm tired of hurting. And he says that he can, I don't know. It makes me a little bit nervous because he's going to actually det detach my Achilles tendon down there, my foot and do all the work. He's going to do the repair to the tendons and, and scrape out all of the calcification and remove the bone spurs and all that other stuff. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of work and, you know, that he's doing in there and, and I'm sure it is, but I don't know. I'm a little nervous, I, but at the same time, I want to get better. I really tried to get better on my own. It didn't work out. So that's what we're going to do. And that means we're doing bathroom work. And I have been working on this bathroom for over a year now. And I haven't gotten it done, and now we're getting it done. And I'll talk to you more about that here in a few minutes with my main subject. Um, right now, we're going to go into my three things. Today, I, is, uh, I did the menu and groceries for the week. I always try to do – I do a menu for two weeks, and, uh, and that way I can know how much meat to buy for the two weeks. And thank God I, we have a lot of meat here, but there's still some things that we need. You know, I, you know, I can't grow shrimp, you know, so – but I do the mini for the two weeks so I can buy the meat for the next two weeks. And then every week I'll do the, the vegetables and stuff. And so I've got that done. And I, because I really hate 
I hate to go shopping and I really hate Walmart, but that's, you know, how it is when you're in rural Oklahoma or rural about any place else. It's about the only place you can go to get everything you need. So I ordered it online and then tomorrow at noon, I will go pick it up and be happy about that. Um, we did some bathroom work. That's a number two of my three things. We went and bought another piece of subflooring and we actually bought some uh, vinyl flooring. I was going to do the snap stuff, but we, we've got to get going. I, we need to just get a big piece of stuff and glue it down and get going. So that's what we've done. But uh, we bought the we bought the vinyl flooring today. We bought the um, the subflooring, and Tom's got the old flooring put um, pulled up and cleaned up underneath it. You know, because there's always a lot of staples and nails and all that other stuff. So he got that cleaned up, and we also bought more plumbing stuff. We've got the drain. I believe all the drains are connected for the lavatory, for the shower, and for the toilet. And so now, and to the walls, the wall that goes for uh, for one side of the uh, the shower surround is up. Um, just as two before stud stuff, and then the one that goes next to the toilet. So I've got two short walls that uh, Tom and Amanda at our church came uh, came and helped and got those up. We got a lot more work to do, but. That's that's up. So that's that's pretty cool. So we did some bathroom work today. Uh, you know, I helped him do a couple of things on it. Uh, but most of Tom, Tom and Lee have been doing most of the work this week. And basically, I've been staying out of the way. Um, also, Kenzie and I had a hair appointment today. So we went and got our hair cut. So those are my three things for the day. What I am reading. Um, we're still working on The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acorn. And uh, this was a particularly good chapter. Chapter one, four is called Falling Up, Capitalizing on the Downs to Build Upward Momentum. And uh, we'll get started with this to see. On page 109, in today's society, it's all too easy to overlook the third path. One particularly salient and example of this is the fact that when soldiers are heading to combat, psychologists commonly tell them they will return either normal or with post-traumatic stress disorder. What this does, in effect, it gives these soldiers a mental map with only two paths, normalcy and psychic distress. Yet while PTSD is, of course, a well-documented and serious consequence of war, and while war can be so horrifying that returning normal might be a very attractive promise, another large part of the research proves the existence of a third, far better path, post-traumatic growth. Bereavement bone marrow transplantation, breast cancer, chronic illness, heart attack, military combat, natural disaster, physical assault, refugee displacement. If this reads like a random clip from an alphabetized nightmare list of, of the very worst things that can befall us, that's because it basically is. But it also happens to be a list of events that researchers have found to spur profound positive growth in many, many individuals. On page 110, the possibility of something good emerging from the struggle with something something very difficult has been the focus of systematic theorizing and empirical investigation. Thanks to the study today, we can say for certain, not just anecdotally, that great suffering or trauma can actually lead to great positive change across a wide range of experiences. On page 111, the people who can most successfully get themselves off the mat are those who define themselves not by what has happened to them, but by what they can make 
out of what has happened. These are the people who actually use diversity to find the path forward. They speak not just a bouncing back, but a bouncing forward. The most successful people see adversity not as a stumbling block, but as a stepping stone to greatness. Page 112. In his book, The Pursuit of Perfect, I think I'm going to say this right, Tal bin Shahar writes that we can only learn to deal with failure by actually experiencing failure, by living through it. The earlier we face difficulties and drawbacks, the better prepared we are to deal with the inevitable obstacles along our path. Page 117. When people feel helpless in one area of life, they not only give up that one area, they often, often overlearn the lesson and apply it to other situations. They become convinced that one dead-end path must be proof that all possible paths are dead ends. A setback that works might lead to despondency about one's relationship or a rift with a friend might discourage us from trying to form bonds with our colleagues and so on. When this happens, our helplessness spirals out of control, impending our success in all areas of life. It's a very definition of pessimism and depression, an even map or an event map with all the dead ends and a surefire route to failure. We don't have to stretch far to see this negative cycle on a larger scale. Learned helplessness is endemic in inner city schools, prisons, and elsewhere. When people don't believe there is a way up, they have virtually no choice but to stay down as they are. Others, most successful among us, know it's not a, the adver adversity itself, but what we do with that determines our fate. Some will sit helpless while others gather their wits, capitalizing on their strengths and forge ahead. The best are the ones who show the true colors, not during the banner years, but during such times of struggle. While a leader's natural reaction to financial crisis might be to lay low and wait for things to pick up, Wall Street Journal stresses that this is the exact wrong approach. Instead, managers should redouble their efforts because crises can be catalysts for creativity. Leaders who become paralyzed by the obstacles in front of them miss this great opportunity. Helplessness will drive down not their own, just their own performance, but also employees' well-being and their company's bottom line. One way to help ourselves see the path from adversity to opportunity is to practice the A, B, C, D model of interpretation, adversity, belief, consequence, and disputation. Adversity is the event we can't change. It is what it is. Belief is our reaction to the event while we thought it happened and what we think it means for the future. It is possible that it is only temporary and local in our nature, or do we think it is permanent and pervasive? Are there ready solutions, or do we think it's unsolvable? If we believe the former, that is, if we see the adversity as short-term, or as an opportunity for growth, or appropriately confined to only part of our life, then we maximize the chance of a positive consequence. But if the belief has led us shown no, let us down a more pessimistic path. Helplessness and inaction, and inaction can bring negative consequences. That's when it's time to put the D to work. Disputation involves first telling ourselves that our belief is just that, a belief, not fact, and then challenging or disputing it. 
psychologists recommend that we externalize this voice, i.e. pretend it's coming from someone else. So it's like we actually arguing with another person. What is the evidence for this belief? Is it all, is it airtight? Would we say, let a friend get away with such reasoning? Or is the reasoning clearly specious once we step out of ourselves and take a look? What are some other plausible interpretations of this event? What are some more adaptive reactions to it? Is there another counterfactual we can adopt instead? And finally, if the adversity truly is bad, is it as bad as we first thought? This particular method called decatastrophizing, taking time to show ourselves that while the adversity is real, it is perhaps not as catastrophic as we may have made it out to be. Because thousands of years of evolution have made us so remarkably good at adapting to even the most extreme life circumstances, adversity never hits us quite as hard or for quite as long as we think it might. Adversities, no matter what they are, simply don't hit us as hard as we think they will. Just knowing this quirk of human psychology that our fear of consequences is always worse than the consequences themselves can help us to move toward a more opportunistic interpretation of the downs we will inevitably face. Success is about more than simple resilience. It's about using that downward momentum to propel ourselves in the positive direction. It's about capitalizing on setbacks and adversity to become even happier, even more motivated, and even more successful. It's not falling down. It's falling up. And like I said, I thought that was a particularly excellent chapter. Um, one of the things, and, it's, and I'm slow to learn things, but one of the things I have finally learned is everything I have been through in my life, and I have been through some stuff, just like anybody else, I suppose, but some of the stuff I've been through has a little bit been, been a little bit more harrowing than what harrowing than more a lot of people have been through. But everything I have been through in my life has prepared me for what's coming in the future. And once I adopted that philosophy and understood it, things have been better. My attitude has been better. Okay, so I have a tendency to have a bad attitude. So, uh, yeah, that, so my attitude has been better about things. And, and that's a good thing to do. Um, let's see. What I'm listening to, I just, I'm, I'm on the second time through of Dune by Frank Herbert. It's kind of cool because you do audiobooks and stuff, and I do like audiobooks. I'm getting where I listen to them more and more. Even as much as I listen to podcasts all the time, I'm learning to uh, get some things through podcasts. But when you're listening, you miss things. You know, uh, you know, the dog runs and bumps into you, or a chicken is flying past you, or a pig needs to have a, you know, well, you know, just different things while you're working. So, or you just mind just uh, wanders a little bit. So I've discovered that on particularly books that I like and want to follow more closely, I listen to them a second time and I catch more. I understand things better because if I, because I caught more, I go, oh, now that's why that had that scene. Okay. And so I've enjoyed that. So I'm on my second listening of <clears throat> Dune. I just finished the book 1491 by Charles C. Mann. And that was a that was a pretty interesting book that basically talked about the Americas and other other um, cultures and stuff before Columbus basically came to America or you know that type of thing. So that was kind of interesting to to listen to that. 
And I'm now listening to Dot Com Secrets by Russell Brunson. I think I'm listening to it, but I, but it's one of those things that I'm not. I'm a lot of it. I'm not ready for. But let me put it that way. Other things I'm learning. Oh my gosh, guys! I'm trying to learn Huddle H U D L. And then because uh, uh, everybody keeps telling me, well, if you want to get Kinsey in college for softball. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm just realizing that I'm just kind of going all over the world, all over the place on my subjects today. But that is what it is. But on Huddle, uh, it's supposed to be a thing where you can, the school generally pays for the Huddle part of it. And they record games like basketball or football and stuff like that. And they post them on this, this um, site. And so that scouts can access the footage and determine if they are, if there's a particular athlete that they want to have attend their college and be part of their team and stuff. Well, it, so I have a friend, um, her son is wanting to go to college with football and stuff. And so she's been diligently putting together highlight footage for huddle and all that other stuff for, for him but I'm learning just this week that, uh, well, first of all, I was trying to learn Huddle itself, but I'm also learning that our school is small enough. They do it for football. They have somebody does it for football, and they're supposed to have somebody that posts the videos for basketball. We don't have anything, any cameras set up or anything like that for softball, and that's what Kenzie's most interested in. So I may be able to, I'm still working on uh, being, having access to the, the huddle network through the school because they do, they have paid for it and I could post highlights there. But right now what I'm doing is just recording most of the games and what Kenzie's doing with them. Not, not, not long form. I cut out all the, you know, whistles and standing around and stuff like that, but I'm editing videos that can and the part that Kenzie's in and I've been posting it on the new YouTube channel um Kenzie Lackey Sports and I've also been told that she needs Kenzie needs to start a X or Twitter channel uh, account but right now I'm putting her videos on my Twitter account and, and so we're in the beginning stages of it I guess she's a junior this year and I guess she put what they said could have gone what they call live in September so I'll get there. I'll get caught up. I'll get it done. But that's what I'm trying to learn is huddle right now. Of course, I'm always learning a lot of other things too, but that's just one of the things I could remember at the time. My quote of the day, I had chosen this quote because I was going to take another path and I'll probably on, on this podcast, but things kind of changed. And so I, I went ahead and stuck with this particular quote and, uh, and I'll do the other subject I was going to do next time. But my quote of the day is, Live life as if it were created just for you. And that's by Maya Angelou. And I've, I've used several quotes of Maya Angelou over the time, or at least saved them, and I will be using them in the future and stuff. But I tell you what, I really enjoy looking up and learning about the different people who, who that we quote. Because it's one thing to quote somebody and know the name of them, but it's another thing to, even if it's just a cursory research and learning a little bit about them, you still know more about them than you did before and you kind of understood where they come from. So Maya Angelou, she was a lot of things. It's according to which biography you want to read. There was a lot of, but I'm going to stick with the fact that she was a writer, a dancer. She was an activist and uh, she was an actress that was born in St. Louis, Missouri in April 4, 1928. 
Um, her parents split, and uh, at, at the age of seven, she was raped by her mother's boyfriend, and he was jailed and then murdered. So Maya at the time thought it was because she had told about the rape, and that was why he had been murdered. And you know, who's to say? But because of the trauma of being raped and the trauma of the man being killed, she became mute for several years. And uh, so just that trauma was very difficult for her. She spent much of her childhood in Stamp, Arkansas with her paternal grandmother. In 1940, she moved to San Francisco to live with her mother. Uh, become, she Over time, she became the first black woman to run a trolley in, in, in San Francisco. Uh, she then joined a troupe to play a role in the show Porgy and Bess. Uh, she ended up traveling to 22 countries to perform this show. And then in 1966, she returned to California and she had one son. And then I saw that she had died May 28, 2014 at the age of 86. And she was in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I did not see why she was in North Carolina and not in California at the time. But that's, uh, but she was 86 years old when she died. She had a very fascinating life and did a lot of interesting things. And uh, uh, it was it was fun reading about her. All right, now we're going to the scripture of the day. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Psalm one nineteen sixty. I was looking for a scripture to go with what the subject that I ended up choosing for, and ended up with the the word delay. And if you hear a thumping every time I move, I've got a shower stall wall next to me, and it thumps. That because it's not attached yet. <laughs> My house is a wreck right now, and I'm a little bit lost in it. And that is what we're talking about. Okay. So, like I had said earlier, I've been working on my bathroom for over a year. I'm the one that's done most of the work. Tom has helped me sometimes and stuff, particularly on laying things like uh, laying the subflooring, the first two pieces and stuff, because they were just too big for me to do. And I've tried to learn how to do things, and I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm not going to lie, I, did, I don't know how to do it. Uh, so I delayed because I was intimidated by a lot of things and didn't get them done. And then my husband has not necessarily helped either. So now I've had surgery and because I'm not supposed to put any weight on this foot for so many weeks, I, we, I don't want to have to go out to the barn to take a shower. And that's what I'm doing now. And, and I'm okay with that, but going down the steps of the, of the porch, doing things out there to take a shower and stuff I don't want to do. And I, um, I'm very grateful, but also ashamed. I'm grateful for the men who are stepping up. Lee has spent two days here hooking up the, the plumbing. These are men from our church. He, you know, this particular man from our church and, uh, Lee came in. He's he's done a lot of the plumbing stuff. There's supposed to be four or five men show show up on Saturday to try to get uh, knock out the, as much of the bathroom as we possibly can. And like I said, I'm very grateful because they're stepping up so that I can actually take a shower in my own home without having to go down the stairs, go across the the property, and go into a barn and take a shower and stuff like that. Whenever after I have my surgery, so that's what we're in the middle of right now. But things are kind of, you know. I've got my shoes in the pantry room. I've got my sewing machine with and a lot of my uh, camera equipment and the back piece of the shower stall and the 
the the cabinet for my laboratory they're all in the living room i've got wall panels in the hallway i've got a 12 foot long tube of vinyl in the hallway my dresser's in a different place than what it is i mean it's, it, we're all functional it just you know <laughs> so like tom pulled up the the old subflooring and the reason it need to be uh, pulled up on that end is of course where my closet's going to be in the long run but there was, as was a garden tub there previously and there's holes in the floor there's big old holes for the drain for the the and then there was holes for for the water feed and you know so we it needed to be replaced and he pulled up the subflooring and then he just left it wide open and i'm going tom we got to cover this tonight because i keep forgetting that my dresser's on the other side and I don't want to walk around thinking my walls, my dresses on on where it has been for several months, and I fall through that hole. So we got we got it covered with the new piece of subflooring. We just haven't gotten it screwed in or anything like that. But at least I don't have to worry about falling through the floor. So that's what that's that's what we're doing. I'm so very grateful to these people. Uh, I'm really looking, kind of being excited about actually having a shower for a change, in in my own home. And getting up, you know, if I need to go pee in the middle of the night, I can do it just a few steps away instead of either all the way to the other end of the trailer, which is okay. Yeah, I know first world problems. But if Kenzie's in her own bathroom, I have to go out to the barn, regardless of the weather, you know. So I'm looking forward to having a bathroom. We're looking forward to having all that stuff. And then maybe down there we can I can get my closet built it's not so much that the closet well my closet's in the barn too but i also need places to store things like blankets and towels and stuff like that too so but the bathroom right now is the priority and we have put it off i've worked on it little by little by little but i made some terrible mistakes and i tell you what lee has been not only has he been wonderful coming out and doing that but he has seen the mistakes i've made and and very cheerfully has fixed them <laughs> you know, just you know i'll say i've had trouble here he goes oh yeah because this is what you need to do here and i'll go oh and then he proceeds to fix it and he has found a couple other things i hadn't even gotten into yet that that we would have needed and like oh certain what do you call it oh extra extra wood in the wall behind the paneling so that you can hang a shower curtain rod up and have something for it to anchor into i would never would have thought of that so he's doing things i never would have thought of he's fixing some mistakes i've made because like i've said i don't know what i'm doing but i was so determined to have a bathroom i needed to get it done i wanted to get it done and if it was up to me then i was just gonna have to get my bunk gear and get it done but i have not done a good job i'm not gonna lie and now i'm getting help i'm very grateful for it I'm very grateful, but like I said, I'm also ashamed that I couldn't get it done, but still, I'm going to have a bathroom. It almost brings me to tears just to think about it. Okay, my question of the day is, what are you putting off that you know you need to be doing? Is this procrastination hurting you or someone in your life? Call, uh, email me at feastiaellis at gmail.com and tell me what your views are on that. Um. I would encourage you to, if you want to start doing a podcast, and I have to admit, I, do, I enjoy doing this. This is number 51. I've been doing this for a little over a year now. It's been um, 
I can't always do it like once a week like, like I want to, but I'm, I'm still working on that. I got a lot, of, like I got a lot of irons in the fire and I'm enjoying everything I'm doing. I try to schedule it, but if you want to start a podcast, I would highly suggest it. There's a lot of things that we can do digitally to pass things down to our next generation. This is stuff that, 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 um, like all the videos I do for Kinsey, 50 years from now, she can pull them up and she can actually show her grandkids where she played basketball. And if you have stories to tell, if you have uh, expertise or anything like that, I encourage you to do something like a podcast and go through StreamYard. Use my um, my link below and uh, it won't cost you anything more. But but if, if you go through StreamYard and my, through my link and then uh, you can be helping me out as what I'm trying to get done here too. Um, I would appreciate a five-star review or any review, I guess, but a, certainly a five-star review uh, about this podcast. Uh, you know, I've, I've actually been doing some stuff with the, uh, are you ready for the next great depression? I'm going to be doing the research for the next one of that here pretty soon too. Um, that's been getting some good listens and I'm, and I'm looking forward to get back into that project again where I can be found uh, grandma's homestead farm. Um, that is my website. I've got, I, I, I do approximately once a week, I do a farm update and post that on there. And it gives links to all my videos and all that other stuff. So that what's happening too. And uh, also I post some recipes in there, some things that we cook, but I can also be found grandma's homestead, YouTube channel, farm animal life, YouTube channel, Kinsey Lackey sports, YouTube channel. Oh, you know, what I was going to say about the, that one. I don't know what's going on with it, but several of us have tried to um, subscribe to it. It doesn't allow you to subscribe. So I don't know what's going on with that. Anyway, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, MeWe, Twitter, or X, whatever. And, and uh, Rumble is all variations of Thesea E or Thesea Ellis or Thesea Dayhop Ellis or something like that. Usually Thesea Dayhop. So that's all I got for tonight. Sounds like the wind's pecking back up and I got a dog who wants out. All right, guys. God bless. I'll see you next time.